0: And we are back. Texas Sags Radio presented by David Gardner's Jewelers here in the Rollo Insurance Studio of our hotel in Nashville, Tennessee, SEC Media Days, brought to you by the Charge Apparel. Billy Lucci is with us, and uh, so is Commissioner Greg Sankey. How are you doing, sir? I'm well, you. Thank you so much for joining us. I guess uh, first thing off, I'm going to make this about AM in Texas for a moment. Do you see that returning at a Thanksgiving kind of vibe, uh, um, either Thanksgiving Day, the day after, or is that still way down the road for you guys to decide?
1: Uh, not way down the road, but down the yes. road, and we've not, we've not committed to that because there are a set of realities where games fit for different reasons in, in, in our schedule, particularly in 24 uh, with what well, we will have three neutral site games there. So those go in by contract, uh, and then you start to build out around those and you have some limitations. So I, it's not something to which we commit, and
0: I've, I've been pretty clear on that one. Oh, sorry. Uh, talking to Greg Sankey here on Tex-Ags Radio, presented by David Gardner's Jewelers. So, is part of the conversation the 8-1 and one and 9-1 and one s- scenario? So, if we do go to nine games uh, in the SEC, that will be more likely to happen every year. And I think you mentioned a couple of days ago that with the eight-game schedule, there's no guarantee that Texas and Texas A M and m would play every year. That's correct.
1: Yeah, and we've got – we have a set of those realities that are – we could work through those for a short period of time to play – what are really important uh, rivalry games on an annual basis at the eight game level, but you can't do that forever. And just to recraft the labeling, the focus has been on, if we're at eight games, a one annual opponent, seven rotating opponents. So you play everybody essentially every other year uh, with the, the lowest frequency level. If you're at nine games, you have three annual opponents, and then six that would rotate, and you'd see everybody still every other year, but you'd have those three annual games, and that's one of the elements of a decision around uh, the quantity of conference games we play. I think what is interesting is after our decision in Destin, plenty of, like, noise in the system, how can they – only play eight games, and then only release the schedule, and everybody looked at their eight games like, oh, smoke. Every one of those deals is tough. Every one of those schedules for the 16 games.
2: It is such a puzzle. Um, I wanted to ask you, you talked yesterday a lot about, and you've been talking about it probably for years and will be for the next foreseeable future, NIL. Is your bigger concern the lack of kind of how it feels like at times – it, it, to me, from where I say the wild, wild west, is, is that a bigger concern or is your concern the lack of uniformity across states, across conferences and things like that?
1: I'll identify a couple of concerns mm-hmm. yeah, without necessarily ranking other than yeah. they're all. One is we have a national system of college athletic competition that fosters competition between conferences, within conferences and national championships. And what we're seeing is an erosion of those national standards. Not yeah. that everything's the same. And, and the question is, how do you conduct national competition if every state wants to wall itself off? You're essentially left with state college championships. I was just yeah. in Houston with the Texas High School Coaches Association and observed to them, you have great high school championships in Texas. That's wonderful. That's not our culture. So that's why. Uh, The second is there's just really a lack of uh, protection for the participants, a lack of consistency for the participants. So if you're a recruit and you talk to adults that went through high-level recruiting and say, man, I can't imagine dealing with this when I was 17 years old, there's no protections for young people. So there are promises being made. There aren't a lot of stories out there. There are a handful, I've heard a lot more anecdotally, promises made that are not fulfilled. Yeah. And lastly, what's happening really is not sustainable. Some will argue, no. that this, but um, it is not a sustainable system because it's actually not the kind of economic activity in, in a lot of places that is justifiable. So, normally the business says, Well, I want to hire somebody to, sell, I'm trying to make money, right? And I'm going to pay them $10 because they're going to make me $12. Um, that's sustainable. But that business is paying $10 and not generating anything, correctly. Uh, long term, that's I, not a sustainable reality. I
2: always say, I don't care what the program is. They could be a top five or a top 50. If, as soon as they're losing games and, and things aren't going the way they want, you, you can't keep that going and that free, it's it, that free spending well, for as long as yeah, it is. Yeah,
1: the next level is kind of control and authority over the program. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I've had enough back. Room conversation with coaches just off to the side to say you know what what's going on and you know who's who has influence so uh you know a collective of booster and entity says i've invested x in a certain player you know i expect the level of performance from that player that's a whole different level of pressure that we need yeah the 19th and also expectations from coaches we placed, uh, or, or the pressure will come. From different sources. So think big picture, uh, great set of opportunities. There are a lot of good scores. I don't just mean to dwell on problematic issues. We need not kid ourselves to thinking of all of this is working with this, yeah. uh, a wonderful way for everybody. Yeah.
2: There's part of me commissioner that if, if you could rewind it back about I don't know, 15 years to the Ed O'Bannon or when all this started and, and say, if if, if the, you it was one of those, it feels like one of those deals that you had to get out in front of, or you, you're going to end up, it's kind of like sitting on shore waiting for a hurricane to hit.
1: No, I, I, I've used the, the um, shoreline metaphor, if you will, which is it's tough to lose, lose sight of land. Yeah. When you have a system that, Arguably has worked well, not perfectly, for a number of decades. Opportunity—you hear uh, a a lot of folks go back and reminisce and say, "Let me tell you about how I changed, how I grew up, the opportunities it meant to me, travel, support." And we do all of that change. I'm not just pointing fingers. We collectively were slow to change. We still are college sports. And if you look at history, Title IX. Uh, Border Regents versus the NCA for TV. Um, the restricted earnings code lawsuit, law versus the NCA, state laws. Those are external factors forcing the college athletics world to change. That's been the reality. Now, now how will it settle out is the kind of work that I was attempting to address yesterday. Yeah. Some will reject that, say, well, there's just a commissioner talking. But for you to simply not not for you, but for someone yeah. to simply reject my commentary yesterday means they're not engaging in thought and dialogue about the issue. And, and they simply assume that this is the best we can do. And I don't assume this is the best
2: we can do. Well, I know you're making the rounds, and I would love to get you on for a longer conversation when all this madness is over with. I wanted to ask you, though, because I'd love to sit here and talk to you about what, what's your next concert you're going to go to. What's your... uh, uh
1: ZZ Top. Is it? In okay. In New York now, it's two-thirds of ZZ Top. Yeah, I know. So that's kind of a bummer, but... Uh,
2: it's still ZZ Top. It's, yeah. It's, it's You're still getting some great the, the, guitar. The, the,
1: yeah, that's what I was going to say. The, the bass and lead will be fine.
2: I heard you were at spring. I was one of my good friends. I was at his wedding last week. uh he, I think, was it Springsteen? Were you, were you guys, at Springsteen, Springsteen in Austin, Austin weeks a yeah, couple so months ago? Yeah.
1: yeah. Hosted swimming and diving. Yeah. And I was looking at the concert schedule, so the night before I was supposed to be in College Station, uh, the boss was in in Austin. Yeah. So that was a pretty easy. That's
2: what, what do. I do too. If I see a concert nearby, I went to Blink 182 here. That's what I heard the other about. night.
1: I was delayed coming out of Houston, so I missed that. <laughs> but I will do the same thing. Like I, I saw Mellon Camp one time. I'm stuck at an NCA meeting in indianapolis and i didn't want to go to another reception and another dinner and i just looked uh i went bought one ticket the the best part of that story was i sat by a high school principal and his wife and a police officer and his wife Uh uh-huh and when Mellencamp singing the authority song they're up there right the they're like, loving hey, it Hey, I think you guys forgot
2: like the essence of the song is you're a police officer in a high school princess. like another brick in the wall or something <laughs> we saw you guys last that uh, did you pay attention to the playlist last night when you oh, guys were at dinner it was yeah. like straight Hall and Oats. No, I wasn't we, complaining about it no, at all we
1: talk, private eyes came on I'm like how yeah. many Hall and Oats songs is it, that it
2: was on record. repeat well thank you so much and uh
1: I'll stay Just, here and talk about 80s music. There we go. We well, to, so
2: we'll do a whole in? Do Oh, yeah. He in he fact,
1: the, I've got two sets of tickets to go see U2 at the Sphere. There, Again, that's three-fourths. So there's some late that <laughs> that Larry Ball and Jr. is not, not there. But.
2: I've never been to U2 is at the very top of my list. Just as an 80s kid, I yeah. never saw them. you ever need backstage journey let me know we can we can set that up i saw journey and toto a few months ago which is great i uh
1: i saw journey one of these private concerts yeah final four and so i go back to the steve perry oh yeah but the the guy from the philippines who's a lead singer if you close your eyes and that's Steve Perry's "1984."
2: If you want to have some fun, YouTube him, and you can find the video that they they saw to I'd, say I'd, we I'd, need to. I'd, yeah,
1: I've linked to it through an article. Isn't that
2: wild? Well, I, amazing songs. It's and and yeah, that's you never would think Journey could go on without Steve Perry, but they're good. They're really good. I'll be happy to
1: go back to nil now.
2: <laughs> yeah, now you get to go back to that. Well, hey, keep having fun with this. Uh, I know it's a tunnel. It's crazy, but uh, as long as you can sit there, you're, I think you're doing a hell of a job. Well, I really do. Um, I know you catch crap from Aggies, bit. and they don't under, We don't understand that you catch crap from Bama and Tennessee, and
1: yeah. Um,
2: uh, yeah. <laughs> I was trying to
1: think of stories like you know I'll get uh, on social media. People write letters like, you, know, you like you know so and so." If if people don't cuss or threaten. So if there's no profanity yeah. or threats in a piece of correspondence, I'll generally write back. Really? That doesn't mean I'll agree. Yeah. So I actually have a letter sent to one of my responses, and it was not about scheduling or officiating it. It was about something else where, well, I see you have a politically correct answer. And, you know, <laughs> you're not taking a stand, and it, it was, it'll be an interesting back to point.
2: I'll bet I, it one will. One
1: gentleman who writes me, who I finally had to write back and say, look, I, I I appreciate that you continue to write me, but I, I can't read your handwriting. Oh
2: man, it's, it's, handwriting's a lost art. Have you I, 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 have I can't write anymore. I'm I do. Terrible. I cannot write. Are you? Are you a handwritten guy? Yeah. Yeah. You, know, you and was, Buzz. You and Buzz Williams. Buzz.
1: In fact, I have a note from Buzz right now. Um, and I had a great phone call. We were we just named a new associate commissioner for men's basketball, and called around to just a set of our coaches for their perspectives. <laughs> So Buzz and I had 10 minutes on basketball and 30 minutes on life, which I think you could understand.
2: Absolutely.
1: Buzz and I go back to he was an assistant coach at University of Texas Arlington. Yeah, Eddie McCarter was the head coach. First time I met him was kind got a post game, and then he went to Northwestern State. And this is the kind of person Buzz is. And I think it was 2008. I'm in Anaheim. Kentucky's playing Marquette. Tom Crean's remember that. head coach. Billy Gillespie was in yep. Kentucky, and I go walking in. I think Cornell's playing UCLA early on. I'm going to watch the game. All of a sudden, there's somebody comes out of the right side. I hadn't seen Buzz in a decade, probably. He comes right up to me. He's an assistant coach at Marquette, says hello, knows who I am, remembers our our, our journey, which has intersected along long way, right, in yeah. a number of ways. So it's been fun to – you know, see him when he was at Marquette leading and then, you know, a little bit of interaction at Virginia Tech, but obviously uh, now at Texas A&M and the work he's doing. And, and part of the joy of of my role is you have these relationships that uh, Mike Bianco's a good one at Ole Miss. He was a grad assistant at Northwestern State, oh, Jim yeah. Wells in baseball in 90. Wow. I was there. I was in high school. Yeah, director <laughs> of Compliance. And so last year to see him win the national championship was was, was pretty neat just to, to, to share that experience from yeah. afar as conference commissioners.
2: In, in closing, and I've been talking to all my Texas and Oklahoma buddies, they're, they, I say you guys don't know what you're getting into in football in the week-to-week and week, the atmospheres. I it, it, haven't sat there in the Big 12 on the sidelines, and it, it's, it's completely different. I mean that, like, you're going to love it. What – and, and, and I'm saying they're dominant across in this league, all sports. Is there one sport in particular that you look at recent hires or recent, th- you know, things happening that you're that you say, this is the fastest ascending sport in the SEC right now? This is one that's got me really excited. That's
1: an interesting question because I have this responsibility to say, oh, yeah, all twenty right.
2: Yeah.
1: Um, you know, one of the most rewarding things for me is the volleyball national championship that Kentucky won which was in April of 21 at the end of the COVID year, because that sport was very tenuous. Mm -hmm. There was a lot of effort to play Kentucky beat Texas and Omaha. Um, And we'd never won a women's volleyball national championship. I'm actually excited about what I I sense is a renewed commitment in that sport. Um, So that's coaching hires. It's the movement of the two programs in, Uh, but the commitment of Missouri, which when they moved in, was a leading program, went through some coaching changes. Florida, what Mary Wise has done. Craig, um, and you look at a program like Mississippi State that in our league had not been very competitive, that's made the NCAA tournament. So it's kind of off the football deep path. I'm going to come back to your observation there in just a second. But I actually look forward to seeing what happens in the sport of volleyball in this league over the next five years. I I think your analysis – Uh, To your Oklahoma and Texas colleagues, is spot on what happens on a week to week basis in this league. Um, That's part of the reality that you don't appreciate until you're you're actually in it, and and that's about opponents, but it's also about intensity. I've told folks uh, my first year in 2015 when Alabama played at A&M, I walked into that that stadium, and it was one of the few times where I'm like. What in the world am I doing with this yeah. job? It's packed. <laughs> it's as full as can be. And I, I break the job down into segments. Well, that, when I was in, in Austin last year for Alabama and Texas, at halftime I did an interview, one of the reporters from Austin asked me, This is really incredible. And I'm like, No, oh, that's familiar. Yeah, I saw that. We are. And well, uh, I think that on a week to week basis is is the reality that does not exist. Another conference, perhaps the Big Ten, but I'm not sure at the. Intensity level
0: of the Thank you so very much. I appreciate your time. Thank you.
1: We covered a lot there. Yeah, yeah we, we did. did. That was awesome. Yeah, thank you. Thank
0: you so much. Thank you.